0: As a salesperson, as a deal maker, most people never talk to you about when to walk from a deal. What, what are the ideas you should look at? What are the concepts you should examine? What kind of list should you make? And how should you do it? These are all important questions that you should be asking. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios, and today's topic is when to walk from a deal. And what you need to know, as salespeople, we all love to close. We all love that feeling. In my mind, I've said this many times before, closing a sale is the second greatest feeling in the world. You pick the first. I'm not going to tell you what yours is. I know what mine is, but we're talking about sales on the how to sell show and you know we we all want that deal we want to make it happen for a couple of reasons one it's bragging rights two it's money three it's a dopamine rush and the the list can go on and on and on and before we really get into this let's define what a deal is it could be a client it could be an install it could be a rollout it could be a product it could be a service it could be a long term process like you're building a building you're you're putting together some sort of large frame deal with multiple players involved and we could be talking you know a little bit of money all the way up to a lot of money it doesn't matter the amount whether it's ten thousand dollars or ten million dollars there's a point where the deal goes sour it's no longer viable you lose your interest and there's a lot of reasons for this you know the the longer that a deal drags out, the less interesting it gets. It's just it's a natural phenomenon. Uh, You take a look at at any interaction. And there there is a timeline, there's a horizon of the actions that you take and the dopamine rush that you want to get. And I have lived through this too. So just a fair reminder that anytime I talk about a mistake, an issue, a problem, I'm raising my hand and I'm saying I've lived through this, I'm going to live through it, I'm going to live through it again. I am not perfect, so please, please, please. I'm not preaching. I'm just saying these are things that I have viewed, experienced, and gone through, and and I want to give you some ideas, insights, and thoughts. And before we really dive into the the meat of this, I want you to know that neediness can play a part in staying in a deal. Neediness, neediness. And you're like Scott. I'm not needy. I'm like we're all needy. Like let's not let's not pretend that we're not all needy. We're all needy. We either want money, which is uh, a form of proof. It's leverage. It's it's a trophy to hold up in the air and go, "Look what I got! I got me some of this. I bet you want some too." Uh, it could be attention. It could be, "Look at the whale that I landed. Look at the action that I took." And and so sometimes me me too will will stay in a deal longer because of neediness. Uh, whether it's money or whether it's attention, those are the two biggest things that happen when 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 you're like I'm I'm in this deal for too long and I don't know why, money or attention, those are those are there's probably a few more but those are the main ones, and if you're really struggling with neediness, one of the best resources that I have found, one of the best resources that I found is Jim Camp Start with No Chapter One, do not be needy, and that's one of the greatest books on negotiation that I've read. And so sometimes people say, like, hey, Scott, I need some tools. Okay, there's a tool for you. And that book will cost you, I don't know, 20 bucks brand new, probably $10 used. But the, the knowledge and the insights that you get from it aren't just about negotiation. They're about sales and how you live life. I have no skin in the game. I'm not getting paid for that message. You know, go, go out and pick it up and buy it. So sometimes we, we hold on way too long. And we, we start looking for reasons to stick in the deal. And I found personally that sometimes I have to start questioning why why am I trying to stick into a deal? Well, like what are the reasons? And there are times where I start looking around. And I'm like, it's because I I want the money, I I need the money, or I'm being needy and I like the attention. And that that inner conversation or that conversation with a friend, a mentor, a coach can be enlightening. And sometimes it's a gut check. I know that. I'll meet with uh, my, my group. I've got two groups of people that I meet with during the day that we call and check in on each other, what's going on, how's it going. And then I've also got a mentor. And sometimes between the conversations between the two groups and the mentor, I'll walk away and I'll go, man, you know what? I recognize that I screwed up. I recognize I screwed up. And I'll start feeling bad about myself. And then I'm like, no, 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 time out. Thank goodness I feel figured out that I screwed up right now instead of a month from now or two months from now or five months from now. And so... Part of this is for you to recognize that when you see that you're being needy, to celebrate that you figured it out, and then now you got to figure out how to get away from being needy. And there, there's a sweet spot of being in the game, as I'm going to say, and then there's also a sweet spot of walking away because you end up losing. And only you know when those horizons are going to meet. Only you know when that timeline in the horizon is going to intersect where you've stuck in in the game too long and you've had too much of a loss. And a way to take a look at this is is some framework around rejection. And when you take a look at rejection, rejection is typically an investment of time, energy, effort, money, or risk. Time, energy, effort, money or risk in a deal. Those are all the elements of rejection. How much time did you put into it? Oh my goodness, Scott, you have no idea how much time I put into this project. Well, how much? Months. Okay. You know, there may be a point where either A, you're being really needy and you need to walk from the deal or B, you need to have the tough conversation and to figure out where things are going on. Effort. Effort is something besides energy. It's it's pen to paper. It's products that you're producing. It's not just time. Like time is things just drag on effort or the, the outcomes or the production pieces that you put on. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that I decide that I'm going to write a book with four or five authors. Okay. And they we divide it up and we, we say that this is going to be a standard book and it's going to be 160 pages. So that means that each of us are going to take three to four chapters and three to four chapters are going to be out 30, 30 to 40,000 words. Well, uh, I mean, I've pounded out 30 or 40,000 words in a month. And I've pounded out 30 or 40,000 words in a year, just on different projects. Okay. And so I may come back and say, you know what? I, I I feel like I need to walk from this deal because I've put so much effort in, I put in 30,000 words. So when I talk about outcome, it's usually a product. Okay. Money, Money money's pretty self-explanatory. I put money into this venture and there is a, a, a walkaway point, or sometimes the military refers to it as a drop dead date. And so like when you take a look at big projects, something like, I don't know, a hotel on the strip of Las Vegas. I know that at the beginning of COVID, there was a hotel for sale or a hotel that was bought at the beginning of COVID. And the investment group looked and said, if we sell this right now and we lose money, We're still going to be money ahead because we don't know what the economy is going to do. We don't know how long it's going to take for things to turn around. So this investment group that bought this hotel on the strip in Las Vegas ended up selling the hotel that they just bought for a loss. And so like they walked away from a deal. That's a real life example. Uh, Risk. You know what? Anytime that you are working on a project and you could have been working on something else, or you could have been working with another vendor, another deal maker, there's risk. So anytime you have time, energy, effort, risk, or money involved in a deal, those are all grounds for having huge rejection, huge rejection. And I also want to to, to put a little bit of contrast to this. I want to say in 2016, 2017, I went to Kevin Hogan's Influence Bootcamp, and there was a speaker there named Dave Lacani. And he's got a book called Persuasion, and it's fantastic. I, I like Dave. But he said something that I've thought about pretty much every day since this event. And he said, in, in front of the room, he says, you know how Vegas works? And everybody kind of shook their head and said, no. And he says, it works because people are protecting their back end. They already have a sunk cost. They already have money that they put in to something and what they're trying to do is get their money back. Okay? So like the next time that you're looking at a deal and you're doing the the sunk cost or how people people try to protect their back end and then contrast it with time, energy, effort, money or risk. These are reasons why people stick in deals that they shouldn't. These are reasons why people hold on when they really shouldn't. This is and then you compound it by attention. You know, there there is all sorts of implications, because sometimes it's tough. People come to you and say, hey, you were so excited about this project. What happened? It fell apart. And, you know, it's tough enough to talk about a deal that's gone sideways, but a, a deal that meant a lot to you. Oh, my goodness. You know, they're like, no, tell me what happened. And then they're taking the knife and they're twisting it in your gut. They're like, you tell me what's going on. I want the details. I want the scoop. And some people just don't understand social norms. Sometimes people just don't understand rejection. And sometimes people are just plain rude and they ask you questions that they shouldn't. You know, it may be in your mind that you're thinking, hey, if I walk, I'm a quitter. I'm a quitter if I walk. You know what? Sometimes you gotta reframe that and look for the win that when you do walk. Because as I shared with you in that Las Vegas example, even though they, they the investment group that bought the hotel on the strip, even though they let's say they bought the, the hotel for 200 million and then sold it for 175 million, They were liquid. They had 175 million cash in the middle of COVID when everybody else was like, where where are we going to get money from? So we're talking like their early stages. I think that was March, 2020. Like in their early stages, they're like, we need to get free. And and so for them, that was their reframe. They're like, we won because we might've lost 25 million, but we were liquid with 175 million. We were able to buy better ventures. So for you, sometimes, and even me, even me, we get focused on the wrong outcome. We get focused on the wrong outcome. You know, I think about what Tony Robbins says when, when people get left by a significant other and he'll say, thank goodness that they left room for somebody else. I'm going to say that this reframe really does matter. This, this reframe really matters because you may stop making deals. You may, you may like, I'm going to take my marbles and go home. I'm going to take my balls and go home like little kids little kids get upset and they go take their toys and then they go home and they lock themselves in, in, in the bedroom and then they don't come back out and play. That happens to us as adults, but on a grander scale. And this is why you should pre-plan the reasons why you would walk from a deal because then you can avoid a lot of these issues. But I will share something with you. Uh, the, the more that you walk from a deal, the easier it becomes. There is a downside to walking from deals. There's an upside, but there's also a downside that you got to take into account. The more deals that you walk from, the more that your brain goes, that was easy. I could walk from the next one, and then from the next one, and from the next one. And then the next thing you know, you don't have any money in the bank. You don't have any deals going on. So let's get into the reasons, some. Let's get into some reasons why you could walk from a deal. And this isn't all of them. This is just a good representation. So the first one is misrepresentation. Somebody may not have been accurate about what the deal was. If you're in business long enough, you're in sales long enough, there are people who spin information. I got a really good friend and she is a fantastic salesperson. She's a fantastic consultant and she was recently on a call and she was brought in. Hey, you know, can you help us with this deal? And so she, she shows up and she's listening to the person presenting the person pitching that's supposed to, to have the money and the person that showed up was a fraud, totally misrepresented, totally misrepresented. Didn't have the contacts. Didn't have the money. It happens. Okay. Next on the list, kind of similar, the person scammy, just not trustable. And there's so many levels here. There's so many levels of scammy and trusty. Tr- yeah. Trustable. So many levels of scammy and trustable, you know, uh, When you, when you look around, it's unfortunate that the people who are scammy usually tend to spend more time being scammy than they do telling the truth. And if they would just put in the effort being on the good side, they wouldn't have to have the problems that they do. And, and here's the thing. Uh, every time that you get involved in a deal, there's always a risk. There is there, there's a risk of it working. There's a risk of it not working. There's a risk of time, energy, effort, money. There's all those things involved. It could be number three. You figure the deal is one-sided. The, the outcome doesn't work for you. You could be exposed by time or money. And there are times when you take a look and you're like, oh, I made a bad deal. I made a bad deal. And you got options. You can live with the deal or you can try to get out of it. And trying to get out of it could have repercussions. Could be legal issues. Could be financial issues. That one's going to be up to you. I can't tell you what to do. I don't know your specifics. It's always good to talk to, you know, a qualified person. You're just listening to this episode of the, how to sell show today. Metrics aren't being met. You know, uh, you could have goals that are supposed to be reached. And if they're not reached, then, then you pull out of a deal. And so this is one of the things that you could put inside of an agreement. If these measures aren't met, these details aren't met, these items aren't met by a certain day, then I can exit out of the agreement. And, you know, I I mentioned drop dead date previously. You can have a drop dead date and say, hey, if all this stuff isn't done by X date, I'm out. The deal no longer makes sense. Number four, just the option isn't viable anymore. Sometimes, you know, uh, deals expire. The market changes. It's, it's no good anymore. You know, you look at like some of these toys that are fads and... I'm Just off the top of my head, a couple years back, they had fidget spinners. Big deal. Everybody had them. Everybody wanted them. Then it became non-viable. At the beginning of COVID, tons of people went out and they tried to become PPE brokers, personal protection equipment. Everybody was trying to get their hands on masks. Everybody was trying to get their hands on gloves. Everybody tried to get their hands on uh, hand sanitizer. And the people who were able to get in early and move product, oh, they made a ton. But there's people that are still sitting on stock of a... Of of stuff that they have, because they weren't paying attention that you know the deal wasn't viable anymore. Number five, you lose interest. Maybe that's number six. Oh, that's number five, you lose interest. Sometimes just things hmm, not interesting anymore. It's just there was no more dopamine rush. I, I thought I was going to like it, I didn't like it. Legal issues. Hmm. Things pop up. Things happen. Lawsuits happen uh there are times where you do bad deals there are times when i do bad deals the project runs out of funding uh for various reasons banks go out economies change uh the buyer loses their their money they can't get it back so why it's good to have a backup plan it's always good to have a backup bank and then you can have a major event in your life it could be death or health and so there is no specific answer to like, hey, how could I walk from a deal? When should I walk from a deal? You know, um, I'm going to add one more to the list while we're talking. The person that you're dealing with is a jerk. I was going to use another word, but like I'm, I'm doing everything I can to keep my episodes G-rated so I don't have to change the settings on Apple. But it could be that the person that you're dealing with is a jerk and you just like, you got to go. And when you look at it, you're going to have a problem with one of these. You're going to have a problem with some of these. You're going to have a problem with most of these in, in a single deal. And, you know, I, I tend to talk things out. I tend to put things on paper just so that I don't make rash decisions. Cause I've missed out on good events by making a snap judgment too quick. Now, on the other hand, there's deals that I've stuck in too long. And I think back last year that there was an arrangement that I had in the last quarter and, You know, I I put a mile marker in place and said, all right, if these provisions are not met by the end of the year, then I'm walking. And the people that I was working with, they were like, hey, Scott, we want you on this team. We want you to move through. We want this project to work. But it stalled out. And when it stalled out, I got frustrated. When it stalled out, I got bored. When it stalled out, I was like, okay, I've already put in time, effort, energy, and risk. But I had a backup plan. In the back of my mind, I said, December 31st is the day I'm walking. If all these measures aren't met, and I had a list of like three or four things, it wasn't too excessive, but it was just proof to me that the the deal stalled out. And I'll tell you, I did the right thing because that project went nowhere. And for like three or four months at the beginning of the year, the people who were on it were still talking about it, and it was just going nowhere. And so, you know, you do have to protect yourself because sometimes when you're brand new, people will sell you hope they'll sell you hope. They'll, they'll sell you upside. Like here's all the cool things that are going on. Here's all the things that can happen. And you're like, yeah, that sounds good. And especially if you're struggling mentally, if you're struggling emotionally, and sometimes if you're struggling financially, that part of the brain gets triggered where it's like, that sounds good. That's going to be my, that's going to be my, my, uh, flotation device in the middle of water. If I get stuck, you know, uh, a lifesaver, that's going to be my lifesaver. That's the, the word I was looking for. And for you you know sit down right now and figure out when when is it viable for you to walk from a deal okay so let's say somebody's rude to me that's not necessarily a reason to walk from a deal it could be but you know I've been called names before in my life all right it could be that things are illegal I'm not I'm not gonna play the illegal game I I've got no no desire to go to jail right I've, I've got no desire to be fined. I like being able to walk on the beach when I want to. I don't want to be stuck in a in an eight by eight cell. Okay, so like make a list of what why is it that you would walk from a deal and why would you stick in under what circumstances? And so sometimes sometimes taking some time is your best friend. Now as salespeople, we we hate hearing, "Hey, I want to think about it." Okay, because like most salespeople don't know how to deal with that. Most salespeople don't have to know how to overcome it. But there are times and places where you're sitting down and actually thinking through, like, what are the implications? What do I have involved in time, energy, risk, or money? You know, Are there legal aspects? Are there people that I can trust? I could think back to an event that I went to in 2012, and it was in San Francisco. You know, not too far here from Sacramento, I drove and I stayed in the hotel overnight. And the, the people at the event were nice, but I didn't necessarily trust them. And some of the people were making JV deals. They were doing joint ventures. Hey, if you do this, I'll do that. And one of the people who put the meeting on that I've known for a long time said, hey, Scott, how come you're not doing joint ventures with any of these people? And I'm like, because I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And like, you should have the things that are automatic red flags. What are the things that are red flags that make me say, I am not doing this? I'm not going to be engaged. I'm not going to be involved. What are the things that you're like, okay, I need to pay attention. And what are the things that are like, meh, meh, I'll deal with it. It's really not that big of a deal. So you make your list before an event. You make your list, you know, as an event's going on, talk it through with your team, talk it through with your squad, talk it through with a mentor, with a coach, and, and get some insight. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to make a decision. Am I staying or am I going? What happens is when you get caught in maybe, maybe is one of the most difficult spots. And, and let's say that you do move on. Look for all the reasons why that was a smart move. Why, why was it a smart move? I freed up capital. Okay, good. I freed up time. Fantastic. I was able to go get another deal. Good. We tend to focus on all the negative reasons why something happened when we walk from a deal, including me. And then I have to remind myself, gosh, dang it. There's things that were right about me walking from this deal. Because if you carry that baggage into the next deal of like, oh, the last deal sucked. Your, your new partners don't want to hear about that. Your new clients don't want to hear about that. They want to hear about what's exciting, about what's going right. You just take these experiences and put them in like your knowledge and and the events that you've been through, and then you can judge what's going on from there. But walking from a deal, there should be really good reasons for it. There really should. Um, and just remember, it does get easier over time, but a, a deal could be small, it could be big, just know. It's, it's normal for things to not work out. Not everything is 100% out in the rural world and in, in the real business life. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.